Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast a... Blah, 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 blah. Well, I haven't go. done that in 67... 60 episodes. <laughs> and remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. Well, okay. All right. We so, did it. So, welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Todd. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. Isn't that the idea of having, you know, two other people after you that in case you fail, we pick up the slack and just keep on going? <laughs> I know. I, I I literally just find myself saying that sometimes during in the middle of the day, so it's very surprising I actually uh, screwed it up. Well, not, maybe not very surprising. Slightly surprising. <laughs> like, like on a scale of one to ten, how often are you uh, doing that? Yeah, that's my question. Like, like I just imagine that after Chris is done in the bathroom, like he washes his hands, he looks <laughs> in the mirror, and he says, he says to himself, "Welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, the only podcast for Drinking Alone with Friends." My name is Friend of the Pod, Chris. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just just happens. Just comes out. I feel like I did the one through ten scale wrong. It should be you know one through ten, where ten is you know a watermelon and zero is all the time. How zero is a seed of a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But anyways, this is the podcast we do, and the name that I clearly forgot. So, what's up, guys? <laughs> what's going on? I'm just glad when we Can have inter- you know, organic show, show openers like that. I know. Oh, we yeah. were just, just talking about how, oh, man, we have nothing to do. We have nothing to talk about. And then I just suck. So there's that. Well, we usually follow the script really tightly. So it's, it's always nice <laughs> to kind of improv. And shake That's very true. Bit. Yeah, we've yeah. never, ever, 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 ever gone off script and or gone on long tangents. No, that just doesn't happen. No, not at all. So you guys might hear that I sound funny this week. Well, you sound funny every week, Todd. Well, thanks. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Our yeah. only complaint is, why does Todd sound funny? I actually feel like like I'm the most requested voice of talking on the pod. Who else has gotten a compliment saying that they loved my voice and that I had the sexy, sultry voice of some star actor? That was literally like a year ago. <laughs> Still applies. Nobody's ever backed it up that it wasn't. No, actually, we have a special email box that's... Chris and Obert at dwfpodcast.com slash gmail or something. <laughs> <laughs> slash and, gmail and, or something dot com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all it is is just filled to the brims of, can we please replace Tud on the podcast? His voice is so grating. So, it's so funny. I mean, it sounds so funny. Why, Ted, yeah. why does your oh, yeah. voice sound extra funny this week? So I'm battling a, a, a series of colds. So Who's winning? I think the Colts are winning. Okay. <laughs> and that's well, the Colts, not that. the Colts. Correct. Well, the Colts can't win, but the Colts are winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, that so, sucks. So w- you say series as in you were sick, got better, and now are sick again. Is that Am yeah. I understanding this correctly? Yeah. So I went to the doctor for an inner ear infection. They gave me amoxicillin. I took that. Then I, then I uh, gained an outer ear infection. So now I'm taking medicine for that. And I also have a stuffy nose. So I feel like they're multiplying. That's a bummer. So now, yeah. are you not supposed to drink while on this this medicine, or are you? Good? I don't know. Well, I'm not taking. It's not like I'm taking like anything like super like a, serious, like, like amoxicillin I'm, or something. Right. I'm putting like eardrops in my ears. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I guess if you're okay to drink, why don't you start us off and just start start drinking your cold away? I think that's what they say. Starve a fever and then chug when you have a cold. Is I think uh. the phrase. <laughs> 
Well, that's yes. perfect. Yeah. So, um, per last week when I said I was going to bring another Bourbon County Stout to the pod, I did. This week I am drinking 2019's version of Bourbon County Coffee Stout Brand Cafe de Ola Stout. Brand what Cafe the... de Ola? O-L-A? Yes, O-L-L-A. Oh. So it's Cafe mm. de Ola Stout. Now, aren't you supposed to age these? These have been aged for two weeks? Correct. Okay. <laughs> so, what this one is, it was it was created in a partnership with Goose Island's next door neighbor, Intel... I'm not even going to pronounce it. Some coffee shop that they're next door to. Cafe de Ola is inspired by the traditional Mexican beverage of the same name. Uh, they added coffee beans and cold brew coffee to the original Bourbon County coffee stout, and then in, or Bourbon County brand stout, and then enhanced this beer further through additions of cassia bark, orange peel, and panela sugar. The resulting beer is layered in complexity. Coffee and orange permeate the nose and are followed by notes of cinnamon, chocolate, and a pleasant sweetness. Oh, wow. That sounds tasty. Yeah, it sounds good. I think your description is going to be tough to follow up that written one, but I have faith, Ted. Yeah, well, so I'll tell you this. I get no orange on the nose. Now, that may be because my nose is stuffy, but I do get a lot of coffee. Okay, so all all this entire rating is going to be with an asterisk because this is Ted Cold rating. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That tastes a lot like cold brew coffee. Um, nice. I don't know how the difference between coffee beans and cold brew coffee, how that's supposed to like merge. In the beer, because I feel like that's like a you know a duality of flavors, but I do taste the cold brew. Well, I know cold brew coffee is generally less acidic than like straight up regular coffee, so I wonder if it has something to do with like the smoothness of the cold brew with just the beans. I guess mm. I'm not sure, but hmm. it's a, I mean it's a very sweet stout. Um, that's obviously probably from the panela sugar, even though I don't think it's possible to pull out sugar flavored in your in your beer. But it I, is I, I disagree. Sweet. I think you can get that. Like sometimes you get brown sugar caramel flavors. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I get a lot of chocolate on the back end, and that's definitely from the cold brew. Um, because you know cold brew coffee tends to have that more cocoa flavor on the back. Um, I get no orange peel. Uh, and I'll, let's see. Let's, let's try to taste cassia bark. I think yeah, with your cold, I could see. You know, orange peel is definitely a very aromatic flavor, and with your dull nose receptors here maybe you don't quite get that as much as you get those earthier flavors that you taste more in the tongue yeah and i could see where you could taste some bark from it um but i I, in all actuality i taste a lot of coffee and a lot of cocoa um which probably has a lot to do with the cold brew coffee and the panela sugar a really good beer uh definitely taste the bourbon this one is aged in it doesn't say what what uh bourbon barrel it was aged in so it's just aged in undescript bourbon barrel uh, as you recall, last week was aged in a Larceny bourbon barrel. Right. But yeah, overall, this is good. I would taste, you know, I think there's a little, you know, definitely a little bit of cinnamon coming through. It's still a little cold, so hopefully as it warms up, um, I'll be able to taste a little bit more cinnamon and a little bit more orange, and I'll update later in the pod if that's the case. So last week's was the uh, wheat wine, correct? And that was correct. pretty high ABV. Uh, it seemed like you definitely had the alcohol burn. Is this similarly alcoholic? It does have an alcohol burn. Um, I think actually with the way I'm feeling, it actually feels pretty good. But yeah, it, it definitely is very boozy. This one comes in at a 13.5%. Um, and it's good. This one actually says that it's good to be aged for up to two years in a bottle. Or two um, weeks. Or two weeks. from two weeks to two years. You're good. You know, but the secret is, guys, I was able to locate another bottle of this one. So two years from now, nice. tune back into this podcast. Same time, same place. Just 2021. Not 2019 
and you'll be able to hear my review of it age two years. Okay. Well, I pulled it up here on mm. Untapped, and it looks like that is Intelligentsia Coffee is the name of the, okay. the coffee shop. Uh, for those well, thank of you, you for uh, reading that word for me. For those of you hanging on your edge of your seat, waiting to know where to get, get some really good coffee in uh, Chicago, and um, Ted, what would you say your rating of this beer is? I would probably this one was this one is definitely better than last week's. As I pointed out last week, I'm not a big barley wine fan, so I wasn't a big wheat wine fan, but I am a big stout fan. And this one just seems to just drink really, really well. I'd probably give this a four and a half. Okay, okay, and um, I don't, I don't know if you said it, but yeah, this is thirteen and a half percent, so similarly high in the teens ABV as last week's. Correct. Yeah. Um, and what do you think the untapped universe thinks of this beer compared to your four and a half? I'm going to say that they probably liked it less than me. So they're going to 4.44. But close to you. You're thinking, you think you're right there. Well, you're, you're not, not too far off. This is a 4.35 out of 11,000 check-ins here. 4.35. Yeah. 11,000 check-ins. <laughs> I know. So if you don't mind me asking, Todd, these seem like pretty rare, delicious beers. How much does one of these bottles run? What do they go for? Uh, this bottle went for twelve ninety nine. Okay, that's not too well, bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, and that's a twenty yeah, two ounce bottle. It is a one pint one or point nine fluid ounces. So, so whatever sixteen can... five hundred milliliters, basically. Correct. Yep. Sixteen point nine ounces. Okay. Hmm. Unusual size for an American beer, but right English pint. Yeah. You know, and I didn't, I didn't realize that this that Goose Island claims that they are the originators of the bourbon barrel aged beer. Oh wow! Hmm. Nice. I think I still have a 2018 that you gave me. Okay. In my in my 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 cellaring cooler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so. mean, according to the bottle, you can age the normal one up to five years. All right. Well, we'll see. Five years from now, episode whatever that is, it's on <laughs> like Donkey Kong. So. <laughs> Nice. Episode 250, we're checking back in. Yeah. Or 300, who knows? <laughs> um, oh, man. No, that's not, that's not too bad of a price. Uh, I've never had a Bourbon County stout, but if I ever see one, I'll definitely make sure I pick it up for well, sure. I mean, you definitely should. I mean, you're you're just as far from Chicago out there as I am, right? Right. We talked last week how they don't distribute here, but, uh, you know, you never know. I mean, you're, one of your places has to... This is frustrating. I feel bad for you, but at the same time, you chose to move to, to Montana, so... That's true. And in Montana, I can get delicious beers, such as the one I'm about to review right now. Well, that's a perfect segue. What are you going to drink? <laughs> that is a perfect segue. Thank you. This is um, from a nearby state, Nebraska. This is the Free State Beer Yakamaniac IPA. Yes, because clearly when we look at the map in the United States, Nebraska and Montana are like you know, touching each other. They're not too far off. I mean, between Nebraska and Montana, you have Wyoming. That's it? Well, um, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm not too sure if Wyoming and Nebraska are neighbors. I think they are. Um, I know Nebraska is more or less, more south, it's more Colorado, I think. I think they might be kind of kitty corner to each other. But uh, yeah, no, what, Nebraska borders the south half of Wyoming on the east side. So huh. yeah. So anyway, um, this is actually courtesy of my Beer of the Month Club here, and they did such a good job describing this brewery, I thought I would share a little bit of their write-up in their Malt of the Earth newsletter here with you guys. Um, so this is, this is about Free State Brewing Company out of Lawrence, Kansas. It says that back in the 19th century, Kansas was host to as many as 113 breweries. 
until the state became the first to introduce alcohol prohibition into their constitution. Well, way to go, Kansas. I know, right? Wiping out the brewing culture that was so popular among the German immigrant population. It was the discovery of this history that inspired the brewing passion of free state founder Chuck Magrill. It may also run in the blood. His grandfather brewed illegally during Prohibition and ended up in Leavenworth for a time. After studying at UC Davis's top-notch brewing program, Chuck came back to Kansas where breweries were still prohibited. After successfully lobbying legislators in Topeka to change the laws, Chuck opened Free State in 1989, becoming the first legal brewery in the state since 1880. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Currently, Free State, which is still owned at home by... Chuck Magrill is one of a multitude of Kansas breweries that have opened in the intervening years. They certainly remain among the best due to, in no small part, their excellent brewing staff. Um, so I thought that would be fun to share. And this is about their, this is specifically related to their Yakimaniac beer I'm about to drink right now. So, so wait, so I'm confused. So I thought you said this beer was from Nebraska. Did I? You're right. I did say Nebraska. Kansas and Nebraska, in my mind, are basically the same state. <laughs> Just, I'm just glad that, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the populations of Nebraska and Kansas. Remember we had the whole conversation, you know, like Nebraska and, and Montana touch each other. I know Kansas and Montana do not touch each other. Well, neither does Nebraska and Montana. At least they're closer. Yes. Yes. Kansas is further south. It's the next one south from Nebraska. Right. 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 But we all knew yeah. Kansas didn't touch ne- was anywhere near Montana. Todd, it was a segue, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I... I deserve to be called out, but I was just trying to get from, from point A of your beer to point B of my beer. So with with that, I mean, I do appreciate the fact check here, and I'm sure listeners were asking the same question. I, I do have to loop back around real quick. It warmed up. My beer warmed up a little bit during this time. I'm now getting a little bit of orange peel. So we're back, baby. Okay. Okay. You're no, <laughs> I, think, I think honestly what it is is the 13.5% alcohol has cleared your nostrils a little bit and you can finally smell again oh it definitely that has could be it too it definitely i yeah. definitely felt that like alcohol burn yeah so anyway the yakimaniac it's named in honor of the yakima valley in washington which is not as close to me as i once thought it's more kind of on the western side of the state but it's the undisputed capital of north america and a yakimaniac is a worthy love letter to the region pouring a bright golden hue with a crisp almost white head of foam which as I'm holding up to the camera, you guys can attest to for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, this unfiltered IPA presents a very bold and resinous hop aroma that jumps out from the glass. Says to look for the very bright notes of citrus rind, zest, including grapefruit and lemon, tropical flora, melon, cannabis, and touches of tropical fruit. I like how they call dank cannabis. I think that's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> Unsurprisingly, these hops explode with exuberance on the palate, too. Yakimaniac is decidedly West Coast style, with a core of smooth pale malt that offers plenty of support for the big hit of hops while letting the hops dominate the flavor. So this is 7% alcohol, and the hops in here are... Um, I'll start with my favorite letter, C, which is... I love all C-flavored C hops. This is Columbus <laughs> Centennial and Citra. Uh, you know, Cascade is the only one missing from this list, if you ask me, but... After that long monologue, I certainly need to to wet the throat here. So, cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Wow, this is actually, even though that was a really good description, this is even better than I thought it was going to be after reading all that. It's Hmm. definitely, I was expecting it to be a much earthier IPA when they talk about it being West Coast style and the cannabis flavors here. But it's very bright. Um, 
I think they definitely added a lot of Citra to this, more Citra than Columbus, for sure. Um, I think this is definitely my my kind of West Coast IPA, where uh, it's sweeter, sweeter than earthier, I think, on the scale. Oh, that's definitely, definitely my, my favorite style of West Coast mm. IPA as well. Something a little bit yeah. sweeter. I don't like the I don't like the pine like Chris does. The bit the bitterness. Yeah, there's a time and a place for sure, but mm. that time and place is not in this beer. Um, I'm definitely going to be stocking my fridge with the remaining of these from the from the monthly beer box for sure. This to me earns after one more final adjustment sip here. This is going to match my last week's rating of a three seven five in terms of. Solid all around IPA. I would order it if I was out at a bar with twenty taps, five of which are IPAs. <laughs> this one would be a number one or number two. I would go for perfect, huh. awesome. So, out of the thirteen thousand check-ins on Untapped, what would you think that they rate it? I think I'm pretty close. I think the Untapped Universe went with a three six eight. So, uh, the the Untapped Universe was a little bit higher than you are, and so unfortunately a little bit higher than your guests. Uh, they're at three eight one. Wow. Okay. I mean, I I thought that I liked this more than the general public, but I guess I'm right in line. They're all thinking it's close to a four, so that's good to know. This is definitely a very tasty beer, and um, you know, I don't want to knock the Beer of the Month Club too much because they have sent some excellent beers, but definitely more off-the-shelf stuff and not too much rare stuff, so it's good to see them represent with a just all-around tasty beer from Kansas, not Nebraska. <laughs> It's good that we got to the bottom of that controversy too. We don't want to be known as it is. You know, st- we don't want state gate happening on our podcast, right? No. Well, if we have any listeners from Nebraska or Kansas, please write in because I want to hear what you're still doing in in your state. <laughs> I th- I think we do. According to our list, I believe that there are some listeners from there. Well, we'll see if they write in. See if they prove their existence. <laughs> yeah. If you don't write in, we don't think you listen. Just so you guys know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Chris, what are you drinking tonight? All right, so I'm jumping back onto the stout train. Woo 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 woo! <laughs> chugga 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 chugga. Woo woo! So many chuggas. Um, chugga 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 chugga. And this is actually one that we got from our friends at Tavor a long time ago. Um, so oh, very nice. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, and this is Expel from Anchorage Brewing Company up in Alaska. Um, which is an oatmeal stout brewed with coffee and chocolate. So been holding on for it for a while. And like I said last week, I'm like, just got, I mean, it's not an IPA, but hey, it's time. It is time. So I can't, I, I really wish uh, Tavor existed in Connecticut. I feel like we're really missing the boat as a state by not having it. Yeah. Oh, you guys can't get it there? No. That's too bad. Can you get it in Montana? I haven't checked, but I mean, we don't have a lot of rules here. So let's find out. <laughs> Lawless wasteland. <sighs> So, got this beer poured, and it, it is a nice dark, dark boy. Um, oh, that is like 18 ooh, billion lots SMUs. Of SRMs. Yeah, SRMs. so many SRMs. SRMs. I can't, look, I'm looking straight through it. I can't see anything. Um, nice, uh, f- like, frothy looking head. Um, little, it dissipated a little bit since I opened the can, but, I mean, on the nose, I get the... I get the coffee more so, but I can tell I can I can tell a, ch- a hint of chocolate in there too. So I mean, nice roasty notes coming off that, like roasted coffee, um, which I like a lot. It's actually like so pretty. I don't even want to drink it right now. But <laughs> well, that's a beer review, then, folks. Yep, that's it. Thank yeah. you, and welcome to drinking. We're gonna what? put that <laughs> put that in the fridge. Save it for never. <laughs>
But I think the masses would be upset and revolt, most likely, too, if I didn't drink it. So here we go. Say say goodbye. Bye, pretty beer. Wow. Okay. Not exactly what I expected. I mean, it's good. It's sweeter than I thought it was going to be, which I guess I guess that's the chocolate coming through. Um, really, like, silky, smooth, sweet, like, really sweet. I'm, like, wondering if I missed <laughs> something. <laughs> like is chocolate there sweet? Is there panella sugar in there? Uh, no. It says according to the Surgeon General. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just. I mean, it, it is it is chocolatey sweet, but like I I expected to get more coffee, especially since on the nose I get I picked up a lot of coffee. It's very very interesting, very complex, and clearly I'm just bad at describing it. So yeah, it's like it's it's weird. It's it's good, but it's weird. I mean, I can't really describe it. It's sweet. I can't pick... I don't pick up a ton of coffee, which is not what I was expecting. Maybe a hint of it, but I get. I think I primarily get like the sweetness from the chocolate, and that's... Other than that, nice nice and smooth, like very... Hmm. Coats your mouth pretty well. I mean... So, so unknown sweetness. Uh, it's it's so <laughs> weird. Like, I, I'm wondering if it's like... It's very sweet, but you can't tell us from where. Mystery well, I, I assume the chocolate, but it doesn't like necessarily taste like chocolate. You know what I mean? I hear you. So, um, it's nine percent alcohol by volume. It's got a sweet can. It's got like a skull on it. Oh wow, that is. It's like a oil painting of a dinosaur skull. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um. Yeah. The the beer is good. It's just it's very it's out there right now. <laughs> So, I mean, it's already been warming up for a little bit, but we'll see how it goes the rest of the episode, I guess. I, I had really high hopes for this beer, and not that it's a bad beer. It's just I, I was expecting a little bit more from it, I think. Um, well, I mean, you held on to it for so long. I guess it's not. I mean, you had high expectations for sure. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to give this one a three and a half. So Interesting. It sounds like you wanted to give it a three and a quarter, but you just couldn't go that low. No, actually, I wanted to give it a three. I, I was thinking of three seven five, but I was like, I didn't really enjoy it three seven five worth. Like, you know, last year, la- last year, last week, I I enjoyed the beer, um, and I I don't know, I don't know if maybe I mean it's a stout, so I doubt it went bad, but it's very it's very interesting. Yeah, I know, very interesting. So maybe I need to work on my stout tasting, like you know. <laughs> So, Chris, out of the 1,347 people who have checked this beer in, which I feel like that's low, but then again, I don't know the population of Alaska, so maybe that's a high proportion of Alaska. <laughs> Only Alaskans can drink this beer. Yeah. What do you think the rating is on Untapped? I think people will like it more than me, like considerably more. I'm going to say it's a 4.05. Close, but yet so, so far away. 3.96. <laughs> Okay, all right. So that's pretty close. Yeah. 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 Okay. I wasn't too far off then. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. I I expected I expected more. I'm not gonna lie. Not that not that I'm gonna t- dump it down the drain or anything. But you know, it's like I will finish this beer. I'm not I, happy oh, yes. about it, but I will finish it. I'll be I'll be happy about it. It's nine percent alcohol. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, it sounds like you're gonna have plenty of time to enjoy that beer as we all pile into that. Family-friendly, spacious yet luxurious SUV of yours. Uh, I was going to say train. I thought we were going to chug-a-chug-a-choo-choo. No, no. We're all going into the 
chugga chugga while we traverse while we traverse woo, dot, woo. Dot, dot. Oh, it's not as that's not as fun as chugga 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 choo choo <laughs> yeah i don't think we have a chugga chugga segment yet we're still working on that one no it, it almost it almost feels like it should just be a segment but um <laughs> maybe maybe when we do live streams or something you know welcome to the segment where we make train noises brought to us <laughs> making train noises right in your ears <laughs> if, you're, if you're having trouble waking up in the morning, feel free to set your alarm to this point in the part podcast. Chugga 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 choo choo. Oh, I kind of like that because the chuggas give you time to like quickly slam snooze. You know, it's just got like that nice build up, so you know it's coming. Maybe right. I should download some train noises for my alarm for my my phone. <laughs> oh man. You could just, yeah, just use the snippet. I'll cut it for you. That Tud going, could chug it, chug it, and you can do that. So. Um, <laughs> that's that's what you want to wake up to every morning is listening to you know the deep sultry sounds of my voice. It might lull you back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the choo choo comes and you wake right back up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Best so, alarm ever. Yeah. So we kind of left off in like a weird state. Um, Which last state time. was that? Oh. Nebraska. But dumpsh. No. Um, so we we were doing five at a time, but we left off after twenty eight. So we have we ha- we're picking it up at twenty nine. It's okay. Well, we'll add in DC and Virgin Islands or something. So Puerto Rico. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also shout out to friend of the pod Josh on joining the Traverse family. So you know oh, our hit one? segment has sold one Chevy so far. You know, yeah, I'm still waiting to see my royalty checks from that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Chevy really should reach out and uh, pay us. Yeah, I know. He he texted me to let me know. He's like, "Hey, you got to get on Chevy." So I'm like, "Oh, cool, thanks." Anyway, next on the list is number 29, which is Iowa, uh, and uh, corn state. Yep, that's what they do there. Okay, they do the corn, unlike those other six states around it. No, uh, so Iowa. No more put it on my tab and blissfully walking away because in Iowa you are not allowed to leave a running tab at a bar. It looks like <gasps> yeah, it looks like you'll need to pay up front for each drink you order. Plus if you're a minister, Iowa requires you to get a permit before taking any alcohol across state lines. If that's not picky enough, all boxes that are utilized for picking beer hops must be pre- precisely 36 inches long. So Interesting. You know, yeah, there's a lot to unwrap there. But. I feel like there's a lot of anti-business practices around, surrounded by this. Well, I'm glad that I'm not driving through Iowa with any beer anytime soon. Now that I'm a minister, so oh right, yeah, it's I got to be careful about that next time I'm going through Iowa. Yeah, I wonder if they ask for that if you get pulled over. Yeah, sir, are you At a the minister? Border crossing. Yeah. <laughs> You transporting any beer or any hops in thirty-seven inch long boxes, <laughs> or thirty-five, <laughs> or or you know fifty-six. That is a different. That's also a number that's not thirty-six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, what about what about ninety-two? <laughs> what's next, Chris? <laughs> uh, so next is uh, the thirtieth state of this great nation, Wisconsin, um, where my sister lives, who doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm pretty sure. So, hey, sister, if you actually listen to the podcast, write in dawpodcast at gmail.com and prove <laughs> that you're a listener. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Wisconsin, the state has some back and forth when it comes to the legal drinking age. 
However, if a properly licensed establishment allows it, a parent or guardian is allowed to purchase alcohol for their child in a bar, regardless of the child's age. Wait, interesting. So I can buy like a 13-year-old a beer? No, you can buy your 13-year-old a beer. Right. I feel like I've heard that at one point or another growing up. I don't know if that, maybe not about Wisconsin, but like in general, I thought I had heard of that before. You're going to buy your 13-month-old a beer and then drink it. If, like, there's a limit where it's like, oh, we can only serve one drink per person. It's like, well, yeah, but this one's for my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm just going to help him with it. <laughs> I would definitely do that. <laughs> that's why we That's why we brought him to, to North Carolina, <laughs> just so I could get two beers at exactly. once. Exactly. You go to their equivalent of a treehouse. They're like, sorry, only one case per person. It's like, well, no, no, no. This is my son's case. <laughs> he's over there <laughs> see the one in the stroller <laughs> oh man all right so 31st is california and apparently in california you cannot display alcohol within five feet of a store entrance or within five feet of a cash register if the shop also sells motor fuel oh. that is unless it is presented in a secured cooler wait okay w- wait <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, are, that's weird. What are we in for, Ted? I, so a normal liquor store, alcohol can be right at the door. Every window, you can okay, have it perfect. all over. Yeah. Gas station though, not within six feet of the front door. Five feet. Five feet. Five feet. Okay. So so closer. Right. Unless they put it. What is a what is a quote unquote secure cooler? Uh, I assume one that is. Locked or just locked? has a door. See, I th- I take it as like it's like a deli case where like you can see it from the side outside, but only the guy from the back can take it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is now here if you own a beer shop, you can't sell you can't sell gas, which is the real problem. Right. You didn't right. think of, no one thinks about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder if it's like to stop like a like a grab and go thing. You know, like oh, I'm walking around the. I don't know, and then they grab a five, a ten. How many packs? Six pack? There you go. Thirty. <laughs> what does beer come in? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really curious though why this ended up becoming a law. Like clearly, this was a problem at one point where somebody had to say, "Enough is enough. We can't keep selling our beer so close to the door, right? Or else people are going to come in and do bad things." Unless they're worried <laughs> about like fire fires from like the gas exploding. No, I think it was just. My guess is it was just too many gas stations were selling too much beer. So they're like, how can we stop all these gas stations from selling all this beer? Make it, but who make knows? Push it back. Huh. Yeah, not sure. Interesting. California, right in. Oh, actually, Jordan, right in. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Bring your tape measure into a few gas stations and start measuring. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse you me, this is only uh, 50 inches from... I'm going to have to confiscate all the beer within these 10-inch radius. <laughs> we're, we're really just helping a brother out here. Yeah, I'm doing you a favor, thank you. <laughs> all right, next up is uh, Minnesota. We've traversed pretty far in today's episode. Yeah, that was. this is the fifth one. We've been all over. We've been from... from I think he's talking about like actual miles. Oh, mileage. The, oh, yes. To the yes. west, and now we're back to the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're all over the place. Anyways, Minnesota seems a bit more laid back than some of the others listed here. There are no alcohol sales allowed on Sundays, and if you're in the market for spirits with a higher percentage of alcohol, you'll have to try your luck across the border. So, Oh, so go to Canada. Yeah, I guess. 
Or they don't... Or, or any of the borders, I guess, if there's no, nearby states suck less. <laughs> yeah, I think they... Uh, yeah, I think they have a limit on alcohol percentage or something like that. So no 151 available in the state of Minnesota. Right. Can they, they buy I, vodka? I'm sure they could buy some vodka. They might not be able to buy like 100 well, proof vodka. Like 100 proof vodka? Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's another one of those no alcohol on Sunday states, but uh seems like we got off light there with Minnesota. Yeah, that was very easy. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. Um so last one I think for today, this will make 5 is uh back up to Oregon. And Traversing again across to the west coast here. Wow. Yeah, we're going back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Racking a lot up the of miles, miles on, on the traverse. traverse. Yeah. So, Oregon. Da da da. Um. Oh. So variety is the spice of life in Oregon. Oregon. Whatever. Evidently, any location with a liquor license must also serve at least five different food items. But hey, this just means you'll have at least five choices of what to pair with your beer. So. Well, it says liquor license, so I don't know about that, because I went into a couple of places that seemed to not have too much in terms of food on the menu, but had plenty of beer options. But no, time but not five order. items, like chips, brownies, nuts? Yeah, I don't know. They had a, they said food truck outside over here, but... Maybe they have they a food truck s- every day. Yeah, I wonder if that counts. I don't know. Well, Oregon right in. Oregon legislators, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know in Connecticut, I think that they have a rule like that too, where they have to have some food item on the menu because when I used to go to downtown Hartford to go to the bars there. Some, You've told this story on the pod before. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the bars ordered a cheese sandwich or offered a cheese sandwich for five bucks. So I think that is a rule in Connecticut as well. I thought you said it was like 20 bucks or something ridiculous. I think it was, yeah, I think I'm making up the $5 thing. It was ridiculously high. That's funny. Yeah, I like that. I like that little loophole. I'm yeah. a big fan of loopholes in general. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a way to break a rule creatively, I, I like exploiting it. So, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I we've already mentioned, we've already thrown out the email address a couple times today, but if you just have a favorite loophole in general, that I don't know about, please let me know because I love loopholes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And that's uh, Chris and Obert at <laughs> DAWFpodcast.com slash Gmail or something like that. Or something like that dot com. Yeah, send all your loopholes there. The definitive not Todd email address. Or if you'd care for all three of us to know about it, please send it to dawfpodcast at gmail.com. No slashes, no extra dot coms, no extra words. Simple, straight to the point. You know what? I'm sure Stephen King knows a loophole or two. He probably probably does, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know why that email address gets me, but it gets me. It's a good one. It's, that's why we registered it. Cause it's <laughs> Anyways, that's why we traverse. That's five more states down. We're almost at the end of the end of the list. We're getting there. So, a couple more segments. We'll finally get through them all. Yeah, I'm excited. And then who knows where we'll go from there? We're gonna have to train across America. Chugga 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 chugga. Traverse internationally, perhaps. There you go. Yeah. Can we take a train there? We could probably take a train when we get there. I guess in Europe, their entire transportation system is predicated on trains. Yeah. 
So, so we got a couple. We got a couple more episodes to get through before then. This is a similar story to what we covered last week. Uh, another shakeup in the craft beer world. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but ooh, ooh, pick me. Ballast Point was mm-hmm. recently uh, acquired yet again. Um, I think by New Belgium. No, no. This is yeah. We talked about New Belgium last week. This is another interesting story because Ballast Point was sold less than five years ago and they're sold yet again Mm. yes i actually did hear about this to who yeah so it's uh kind of an unusual sale so the new owners are going to be it's called kings and convicts brewing company and they bought ballast point from this the previous owner which is called constellation so the interesting thing about this is constellation brands is is a big conglomerate of different companies including marijuana companies so at the time when they bought uh ballast point the idea was that they were going to figure out how to combine the the weed world and the beer world into one clearly this shows that they've failed at that Mm -hmm. so i'm I'm curious to know how constellation brands is going to capitalize on this emerging marijuana market so it says here that although a price was not announced um it's significantly less than the $1 billion that Constellation spent when it acquired Ballast Point in 2015, the largest single amount ever paid for a craft beer company. Um, And this is pretty huge because Kings and Convicts, they only own one other brewery, and they produce just 660 barrels of beer a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is a big acquisition for them. And it's just, it's just an unusual, it's kind of a, a warning sign for maybe, maybe if our craft beer industry, and we've talked about this before, but maybe the craft beer industry has finally become so big that it's starting to collapse in on itself. Because I know when this acquisition took place in 2015 was right around when the Sculpin and the Grapefruit Sculpin and, and some of their bigger name brands were all over the place. Um, Chris, you went to Ballast Point recently. Have you seen a lot of their beers around you guys um yes uh i mean i see the sculpt and i see i see like the more mainstream ones i guess um but not not anything that was at the brewery i mean the brewery was actually pretty good definitely more commercialized than your craft brewery i mean they did food and all that stuff it was big um but it, it wasn't anything like uh you know small small craft breweries so uh i was actually reading an article on this and they said that the uh the uh, all the the list of locations that are still in operation and the virginia one which is the one that i stopped at wasn't on the list so i was actually wondering if like they stopped operations yeah it says here that they've closed three facilities in the past year and they canceled plans to open a brew pub in san francisco so Maybe. Yeah, here we go. This article from brewbound.com. Constellation Brands to close another Ballast Point tap room, this time in Virginia. And this is <laughs> dated uh, September 11th, 2019. So it sounds like you got there just as they were closing up shop. Yeah, that's funny. We actually went there on the drive back from Ted's wedding. So end of July. So uh, it's, uh, I was there. I was probably I was one of their last customers. <laughs> yeah. huh. oh, oh, interesting. Well, so, it, anyways, it's. It's a nice place. Another brewery should snag it because it's a very beautiful like overlook. So, who knows? Maybe next time you make the drive, there will be another brewery you can stop in in that same spot. Treehouse, Treehouse South. Yeah, Treehouse, get on this. 
<laughs> um, so this other company that bought them, who yes. are they? What what brewery do they own? Yeah, it says here that Kings and Convicts is a privately held brewer that launched in 2017 and operates a single 5,000 square foot brewery and tap room on Chicago's North Shore. And it's expected to produce just 660 barrels of beer this year. But yet they're now they're going to massively expand by buying Ballast Point. Yeah, you know, my guess is it's some rich multimillionaire who bought Kings and Convicts and was like, I like beer. And then they got a they saw an opportunity to strike with Iron was hot and acquire a much bigger brand. But it is an unusual shakeup in the beer world for sure. Now, right. part of me wonders, and I know that we, we'd have to do more research into this in order to answer this. I wonder if the old owner of Ballast Point started Kings and Convicts and happened to see a buying opportunity to buy his old brewery back. You know, I've seen a lot of articles about this news because it is such a dramatic shakeup in the craft beer world, and nothing I've seen indicates that. But um, it's an interesting theory. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how a, a small little brewery, where I'm looking at their rating on on their beer rating on Untapped, and it's not very good, gets enough money to be able to buy Ballast Point. Yeah, I think it's like a like kind of like what Obert was saying. It was like a collection of millionaires that were just like. Yeah, let's buy it. Let's buy this. They probably yeah. found it was a good price and went from there. But hopefully, I'll say this: hopefully, we see a return to you know the more craft beer roots for Ballast Point because I did enjoy their beers back in the day, and even when I went to the brewery, it was still good. It's just that I feel like they tried to be bigger, more commercial. They flew too cro- close to the sun and melted their wings, and then sunk into the ocean. <laughs> yes, precisely that. So, and then they had to buoy. The- they had to you know ballast and themselves back up there we go ah we made it okay we made it folks <laughs> on the back of a manta ray okay yeah <laughs> so with that <laughs> it's time to end this episode like we end every episode with our recipes our search engines our apps to research our other apps <laughs> our our advice our wisdom our wisdomy wisdom and our three-handled mug of wisdom that's frosty and three-handled and um and wisdomy and wisdomy thank you todd i almost forgot the wisdom part of that um (laughs) why don't we start this week with some fresh liquid wisdom from chris okay yeah so mine's a a liquid that is good for your pokemon soul so um i've been pretty into uh pokemon as of late as everybody knows, uh, especially if you follow me on Snapchat, I'm 18 Pokemon away from finishing my Pokedex. So by the time this comes out, I'll probably finish my Pokedex. But anyways, um, <laughs> Chris has caught two Pokemon while recording this. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a cool method that I learned about in this game. Um, it's It's been around for a long time. But uh, if you're uh, a shiny hunter or want to be a shiny hunter, which... Uh, shinies, for those that you don't know, are just alternate skins for your Pokemon. So um, for the most part, it makes them look pretty cool. Some of them are a little lame, but otherwise they're they're pretty cool. But um, the chances of getting a shiny, you know, just regularly is like one in 4,096. So you have this every time you encounter or hatch an egg or whatever it may be, you have a one in 4,096 chance of getting a Pokemon or getting a shiny Pokemon. That seems like a very low percentage chance. Yes, very low percentage. Point zero two and a qu- two and a half, roughly. Uh, We're talking right. here. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely takes a while. Um, now there is a method called the Masuda method, 
and uh, it's named after the Game Freak director uh, Junichi Masuda, who programmed it into Diamond and Pearl. So this was the, that was the first time that's Generation Four, I believe, right? Yeah, Generation Four, Diamond and Pearl. Um, and this only has effect when you're breeding Pokemon. And what you have to do is you have to breed two Pokemon that are from different regions. So generally, the easy way to tell that is by the language. So if you breed a English Charmander with a J- Japanese Charmander, um, your shiny odds go from 1 in 4,096 down to 1 in 683. So so the Charmander will be like saying like Cheerio and drinking some tea. And the other Charmander will be like wearing a kimono. And watching <laughs> and watching uh, some sumo wrestling, and watching Pokemon. That's how you know that they are, that they're from two different regions, right? right. Yes. So I got a question. Yep. As a non-Pokemon player, mm-hmm. how do I know what language this Pokemon speaks? Well, depending on which game, like I can tell you. Let's let let's I, talk about Sword and Shield. Okay. So when you pull up the Pokemon summary in the if it's uh if it is whatever whatever language that you're set to it will say nothing. It'll just be normal. It'll say Charmander, and you'll know it's English, right? Now, if it were from a different country, even if they rename it Charmander, in the top right corner, there'll be a little symbol, and it'll have an abbreviation for the country. So, for example, a Japanese, the, my Japanese Charmander that we're talking about, in the top right corner, it says JPN. So you know it's from Japan. Now, can you catch this Pokemon in the game? You can catch a Japanese poke or Japanese Charmander. No, generally you have to get them via trading. I think yeah. What Chris is saying is like you have to trade with a person who lives in the country of Japan. Right. Uh... Right. Which is very easy to do in Pokemon Sword and Shield. I mean, it, it was not in Diamond and Pearl. No, not as easy at <laughs> when all. When this when this trick came out, it was you had to physically be in the same room as the person you're trading with so it's a little easier now that there's all kinds of wonder trading and yep. and global internet trading but um, mm-hmm. you guys are speaking words that i don't know well i gotta say uh i didn't think we get could get any narrower handles than we got last week but somehow <laughs> managed, managed to top that list yes yeah no definitely i i, I even going into this i was like this is going to hit home for like basically one person. And uh... so if you're someone who who wants a shiny Pokemon, but wasn't able to Google a way to get a shiny Pokemon, um, this is for you. You know yeah. what? Or just friend Chris on the game and he'll just give you his shiny Pokemon. That's right. No, I won't. Chris said right here, <laughs> for a $5 Patreon a month donation, Chris will give you his shiny Pokemon. Yes, all of them. <laughs> I, only, I only have one. <laughs> You only have one? You got to work on that 0.2%. Well, I'm trying to finish the Pokedex because then you get the shiny charm, which makes it even better. But anyways, that's next week's handle. <laughs> Just like we can do two Bourbon County stouts in a row, we can do two shiny Pokemon <laughs> handles in a row. Hey, hey, in my book, there are different beers. Um, I'm going to go next. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a movie that... I think everyone should enjoy. If you're a fan of the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if you liked the Lonely Island on their their feature videos on SNL, there's a movie that's just recently come out on Netflix that's from 2007, and it's called Hot Rod. And 
it's features Andy Samberg and it is dumb and hilarious and it's just an all around fun movie. I have to ask my two co-hosts, have either of you seen this movie? No, but I remember that it came out around the same time as Napoleon Dynamite, which, fun fact, is another movie I have not seen. Uh, same. <laughs> You've seen neither Napoleon Dynamite nor Hot Rod? Correct. Well, I won't lie, it does share a little bit of that absurdist humor that Napoleon Dynamite has. Um, but I think in retrospect, now that we've seen where Andy Samberg's career has gone, you can kind of really see his comedy roots coming through in this 12, almost 13-year-old movie now at this point. Um, the premise is Andy Samberg is a failed stuntman and his father-in-law, whose respect he's uh, really trying to gain by beating him in a fight, uh, his, his stepfather has his stepfather needs heart surgery so he's determined to put on one big stunt to raise the money to replace his stepfather's heart so he can finally beat him in a fight and gain his respect and uh, <laughs> it's a <laughs> what <laughs> yeah it just but, makes no sense oh you gotta watch it he's like frank i'm gonna get the money to save you so i can beat your ass <laughs> it's hilarious but no it's got it's got a few snl greats it's got bill Hader. it's got what's the guy from eastbound and down do you guys remember that show yes but which kenny powers danny mcbride yes okay. danny okay. mcbride, danny is McBride. yeah there's it's just a pretty good cast of people who got their career went places it kind of reminds me of wet hot american summer where where this was on their way up their career path they they did this movie and um because it's now on netflix i hadn't seen it in maybe five years i think it's one that if you've seen before revisit it and if you haven't seen it take the time out of your day to go watch it and um the mountaintop fight dancing scene once you've watched that you'll know this is a movie for you i mean i like stupid stuff so it sounds like it's for me absolutely absolutely i'll have to give it a watch yeah, and then I, I eagerly await your text, or well, maybe you'll have to tell tell us me on the show what you thought of it, because there's probably good people who are like, you know what, let's see what Todd thinks about it before I fully commit to this movie. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when people think of movie reviews, they think of me. Jason, That's, write in. Jason, write in. We do Chris trust you over. for... We do trust you for horror movies. Yeah. If you want to write it and not, let us know what you're writing. You know what? Hit us with that email address again, Chris. Uh, Chris and over at TAWPodcast.com slash Gmail or something like that. Dot com. com. Uh, all right i i can't help but i gotta pass this this frosty mug over to todd todd top us off with yeah. today's final handle so i had a different handle in mind um it's the same handle that i've been trying to use for like the past like month but you know what i got a little wait, bit of time. Wait, wait hang on hang on hang on you have a handle that's not a shittier search engine than google but you can also use google through it and you were like no i'm gonna save this I'm gonna keep this in the bank. Correct. And you're going to keep <laughs> on keeping it in the bank. And instead of giving us what today? Yes. Yeah. So today, based on the conversation that was just had, I'm going to recommend that people go watch The Irishman on Netflix. Okay. I thought I wasn't um, sure if we were going to talk about this today. I came prepared for this conversation because I've seen it as well, but I want to hear your take. Perfect. So 
For those of you who don't know what The Irishman is, a.k.a. Chris. Thank you. It is a movie on Netflix that was directed by Martin Scorsese. And if you don't know who Martin Scorsese is, because I feel like, Chris, you are giving me that blank stare like you don't know who that is. No, I know who he is. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't, he's the guy who directed Goodfellas, Casino, The Departed, and many, 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 many other movies. I'm sure he created Jay- He created the gangster mafia genre. Uh, he made it what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, The Godfather. Well, we could agree to disagree on that one. Godfather was first. Yeah, maybe not created, but the, a lot of the tropes that you see Correct. are Warren Scorsese. Yeah. Correct. Forget about it. Uh, sure. So, <laughs> so he came up with it, or he directed a movie that was released in, into select theaters that was just uh, that was uh, funded by Netflix, released in the select theaters. Now is officially on Netflix as of last weekend. So it stars Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci, among other people from his movies throughout the years but it's about the story of jimmy hoffa al pacino plays jimmy hoffa robert de niro plays this guy called frank the irishman sheeran who basically was you know an an irish mobster who helped out jimmy hoffa and the the head of the pits or the pennsylvania mafia you know it's got a lot of the the martin scorsese tropes but i do have to say and this is this is where people are coming to me for movie reviews not my favorite martin scorsese film I don't want to go into it because it's a very long, it's a three and a half hour movie. So I, I do know some people to this day who still have not fully worked their way through the movie. But I got to say, not my favorite. Probably, not going to lie, bottom three of Martin Scorsese films that I've seen. And he's directed, you know, 20, maybe more of movies. Definitely bottom three. So are you recommending that people watch this movie or not? No, no. My handle is to talk about this movie. But I, my, my handle is, yes, actually people should watch it and draw their own conclusions. But Know that it's a good movie if it was directed by anybody else but Scorsese. But if you're going in there thinking that it's a Scorsese film, you're going to be severely disappointed. Can you, I need you to answer this question. Should I Correct. commit three and a half hours of my life to watch this movie? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm going to see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's, here's what I think Todd's trying to say. If you've seen The Departed, if you've seen Casino... And if you like these movies... Do not leave out Goodfellas, please. I will have to jump through this computer screen. Then don't watch The Irishman. Watch Goodfellas instead. <laughs> no. Then, I mean, if <laughs> you like Scorsese movies, you have to watch this. Um, but it's not its finest, is is what you're saying, Todd. Going with open eyes. Um, this is definitely a half recommend. We get a one thumbs up from Todd. Yeah, well, I mean, this is this is, you know... These are our handles. These are our life wisdom tips that we're given. I'm telling people that they should go watch this movie because it is a Martin Scorsese film. But if they're expecting it to be the new Goodfellas or even or even the new Departed, which I'm sure Jason can attest to, is a movie that's a it's a good movie, but it's a movie with a lot of plot holes in it. The Departed is a is a it's an entertaining film to watch. It's not a good film by any stretch of the imagination. The Irishman is worse. But it's still worth people's time and effort to go watch because it is go. He is going to win the Academy Award for Best Director just because it's you know he's Martin Scorsese. He made a film with Al Pacino and Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. He's gonna win it, so people should go watch it so they're up to date on that. But at the same time, it's not his finest work. That's my handle. Okay, uh, just one quick concluding thought. I, I I just I can't let this go without saying it, but I think. They did some de-aging technology on the actors. Um, 
you could tell that these actors all wanted to work together on one last project. And if you are a fan of these actors, they they acted their heart out. But um, there's at one point where you're supposed to believe they're all like in their like 30s and 40s. And it's like they look like what he, is going on? Yeah, they all look like they're like like meet the Fockers age Robert De Niro, which when he was still like you know in his 60s. Yeah, and he's supposed to be in his 30s and 40s, and it just it didn't work. Yeah, and that I think helped kind of made me lose the timeline here. But um, no, I think overall I I can agree with Todd. I am critical of the movie, but it is something with today's limited amount of new movies that are showing up on Netflix. Something worth seeing. Yeah, it's a unique story. It's something that's never been done. This story hasn't been done before. The mob trope has been used over and over and over again. But this is just a different little quirk on it. You know, I, I'm going to go as far as to say, and you know, I hope that our movie critic fans will write in, that this this might be a worse movie than The Aviator. And if it's not worse than The Aviator, which is a movie I haven't watched in a long time, it's very much on par with being the, you know, that level of bad by Scorsese. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to see this movie. You but still should anyways. watch it. You still should watch it. <laughs> Even if it takes you like a week to watch it, you should still do it. No. And I would recommend to everybody as a, as a little sub handle here, you can find multiple articles online that tell you exactly how long to watch the movie in different sit- in different sittings if you want to watch the movie in, in whole because it can be split up into like three or four different movies in order to watch it in three or four different sittings. And so with that, it's time. No, wait, that's what Ted says. Yeah. Ted's, yeah. Ted does. <laughs> oh, we're just jumping was, all I over we people. Wait, so. I thought we were waiting for me. My bad. I was sending a no, quick text. No, you know what? This is keep this all in. This is good. And so with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, please make sure you're going on all social media and following us at DAWF Podcast. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Untapped. Uh, hashtag follow the email at DAWF. I'd like to thank Anchorage Brewing Company for their Expel Oat Stout. <laughs> you know what? None of us are just getting this right tonight. So with that, we'd like to thank <laughs> the, the brewers that provided today's beers. I'd like to I'm thank gonna, Free State I'm gonna go Beer first from with- the Yakka Maniac IPA. <laughs> All right, and I'll go last with <laughs> Bourbon County and Goose Island for their Brand Cafe de Ola Stout. Uh, please make sure you go on all social medias again, DAWF Podcast. That's Twitter, Facebook, Untapped, and Instagram, of course. Uh, make sure that you're hashtag following the email at dawfpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're sending us your general comments, your thoughts, whatever you think. Definitely send in your thoughts on The Irishman if you watch it and or you've already watched it. Uh, make sure that you're agreeing with me and telling Chris that he should s- still watch it despite my critical review. <laughs> and then make sure you're going on to our Patreon and subscribing there uh, for as little as a dollar a month. You can listen to all our extra content that we post up there. But we'd really prefer that you you know veer towards that you know, $10 trillion a month line. That way we can uh, we can make some money off this deal. And so with that, my name's Tud. My name's Chris. And my name's Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. I'm All surprised right. you didn't screw that one up. I know. Nope. It's been a messy episode. <laughs> I'm excited for next week. Yes, we should revive that. Next week, Christmas beers. Christmas beers. Christmas beer for all. Beers. How much fun it is to ride with all the Christmas beers. Wait, what? Oh, how fun it is to chug all the Christmas